I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo's Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? It is March 24th, 1986 at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in beautiful downtown Los Angeles, where we are celebrating the 58th Annual Academy Awards. And it's time for the big award of the night. The envelope, please. <laughs> the winner is out of Africa. Welcome back to another episode of The Envelope, Please Everyone, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Best Picture Oscar winner in chronological order. We are your hosts. I'm Sam. I'm Rance. And we're back! 1985. Interesting year. We've got a couple of notes that happened here um, that I think are pretty interesting. One being that the color purple ties the turning point for being the movie with the most nominations without receiving a single win. Both of them were nominated for 11 Oscars and failed to win in any of those categories. Now, I know we're we're probably going to talk about the color purple a lot in this episode, but what do you think about that, Rance? 11 nominations, zero wins for the color purple. Insane. It's it's unacceptable. Um, and with the turn, <laughs> to put with it the tur- quite, quite blankly, with the turning point, it's like eh, okay, whatever. But with um, with this movie, it, it, man, it's yeah, mm. this is a this is one of those <laughs> giant head scratchers, and and yeah. the fact that Steven Spielberg wasn't even nominated for best director is a whole other. Um, I mean, that's the warning sign that happened. Oh yeah. You know. I feel like when the nominations came out and they saw there was no best director, I'm sure the entire like crew and cast of the Color Purple just went, ah, Lasai, well, it's not gonna happen. So also like, how did it? I mean, you researched this for me. I don't know the answer to this question, but has a movie ever gotten double digits besides this movie? gotten double digit mm-hmm. nominations and not gotten best director is there Good any question. other film that had oh, that happen man. i don't think so because definitely turning point that was herbert ross wasn't it yeah and i think he was nominated for best director mm-hmm. and that would be the only other one with this many nominations and not winning so no i think Super. the color purple is our sole entry in that field ridiculous it and is this is Spielberg. It's, it's just like the Academy, the Academy just like does didn't didn't want to take Spielberg seriously for right, a very yeah. long time. It's true. And that just makes me sad for him. Didn't we have this conversation? What was the other thing he wasn't nominated oh, yes. for? Um that was kind of That would be was it Raiders? Was he not nominated for Raiders? I but think I think it, it got a best picture nomination. No, he was nominated for Raiders. He did get a nomination for Raiders. It's Jaws. He wasn't nominated for Jaws. The answer is Jaws. Yes. (laughs) We both got that. There we go. (laughs) And all of our listeners are like, it's fucking Jaws, you idiots. And Close Encounters was shut out of some nominations. Of Best Picture. But he did get a direction. He got director, but he didn't get picture. There's, there's, um, but yeah, they they were reluctant to, um, to validate Steven Spielberg, um, Wild. For whatever reason. Wild. It's just interesting, you know. 
Um, but I'll talk more about Color Purple well, later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, I have a couple other notes here, too. Something really fun. Walter Houston does become the only director to direct two of his family members to Oscar victory. You meant John. Uh, this year with Angelica Houston. You meant John Houston. Is, what did I say? You said Walter. Oh, yes. Walter would be his father. <laughs> there it yeah. is. John directed his father, Walter, to yes. an Oscar back in 49 for Treasures Sierra Madre. And then here he does it again for his daughter Angelica for Preetzi's Honor. And three generation winners. Yes, yeah. good point. She is the first third generation Oscar winner. Yeah. Wild. You'd think it would be the Barrymores, but it's not. It's the Houstons. No, no. <laughs> have a, this wasn't a... They didn't have Johnny Carson um, doing the hosting this time, so we didn't have, you know, a monologue full of one-liners. Um, we sure. had this jokey thing happen with Alan Alda, Jane Fonda, and Robin Williams, who were co-hosting. Um, Robin Williams, like, translated hello into a bunch of languages um, in a segment that I watched, and I'm not... I, I don't... It might have been offensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that means it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very much cringing as as I watched oh, it. It did no. not it did not date well. Um you know, which I which I hate because I love Robin Williams in general and I think most people do, but you know, even there's a lot of things we look back on now and we're like, why did we let that be okay? Um Oh yes. Um but other than that jokey segment, it's like that happens you know, Jane Fonda and Alan Alda do a little bit where they say, we're just going to go ahead and thank your mom and your husband and your wife for you because, you know, we get it, we get it. You know, they do something like that. But then they just introduce Robert Wise, who's the president of the Academy at the time. He gives his little spiel. You know, they do the whole thing about Price Waterhouse, and then they get right to the awards. So it's like, meh. It's a very, like... Let's get that. You get the feeling that maybe it's only a three hour and 11 minute show. You get the feeling that they were like, um, we got to stay on schedule this year. <laughs> you know, um, I love that. It's only three hours and 11 minutes. My God. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's really short in Academy. That is short yeah. for the Oscars. That, that is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> anywho. All right. Well, for three hours and 11 minutes, we had a lot of winners, a lot of nominees, what was left out, in your opinion? Do you have any snubs for this year? I do have um, a couple. Um, I love, 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 love a classic mm. comedy that came out this year by the name of Clue. Da, 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 da. I am your singing telegram. Um, Clue, gotcha. And... Clue um, is probably not a Best Picture nominee or a Best Director nominee. I think Clue um, is almost uh, a movie that isn't necessarily great, but it becomes great because of the talent involved um, and the way they yeah. take the material and elevate it, you know? Um, but that is to say the acting from this incredible ensemble of comedians is just beyond. Um, and I think that there are some people who would have been excellent entries into the supporting category. It's kind of an ensemble piece, so I don't... I hesitate with calling anyone a lead. Um, yeah, but I would agree. Uh, Tim Curry, 
is uh, fantastic. Um, Michael McKeon is really, really funny. Um, but my personal favorites are Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Yes. White, um, who is just a delight. And then... She's fabulous. The former nominee and consistently brilliant, I worship the ground she walks on, uh, Madeline Kahn, um, as uh, Mrs... Um, no, no, she's Mrs. White. Mrs. Peacock is... Um, is Eileen Brennan. Brennan. Is Eileen Brennan, And yes. specifically a moment that she um, ad-libbed, which has become my favorite gif. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you know what I'm about to say. Um, at the end of the movie, towards the end, in one of the scenarios that potentially is the way the murder happened, there's multiple ones presented. Anyone who's seen the movie knows that. Um, the... Uh, she she says I hated her so much it it the it flamed flames flames on the side of my face breathing breath heaving breaths heaving and then they cut into the camera just cuts away <laughs> so you know you know that they probably like just she probably went on for like 60 seconds and they just eventually Oh, edited yeah. it but apparently all the script was said that i hated her so much and then madeline Kahn just did her own thing um oh yeah they just let her keep going they're like just keep ad-libbing we'll keep what we want to keep I and love that. i mean she's just such a delight it would have i don't think she's a uh, their wins in the category but yeah. i i just would have really liked to see them represented because um you know comedy isn't easy either you know <laughs> Totally, yeah. Um, and even besides the yeah. acting too, I think the art direction and the costumes oh, are all brilliant in yes. Clue as well. You know that entire set is incredible. Oh, it's so intricate and um, and um, yeah. So you know, and I I I struggle because I don't I don't think the script is that great. Um, I really yeah. think it's a feat of everything else that's going on making material really work. You know. And this is where right. uh, acting and directing can elevate, as I'm saying. Um, and I, I, it's not that it's a bad script. I'm just saying I don't think it's... I, I, it, in other circumstances, it might not have come out well. But because of the right. crew that's involved, it all works. Um, yep. I would and, agree. Uh, and it's such a fun movie as a result. Um, the other snub I was going to mention... Um, is a movie that is represented, um, but, uh, and interestingly, um, it has one nomination and ha has the color purple in the title, but it's different. Um, The Purple Rose of Cairo. I have given my feelings about Woody Allen in the past. Um, yes. And how I, yes. the Woody Allen movies that I've liked the most are the ones that he's not in. The Purple Rose of Cairo <laughs> is one of those. And the snub yes. I want to mention isn't any of the work that he did, but the work of Mia Farrow in that movie, I think is probably her best work, maybe outside of Rosemary's Baby, um, as an actress. 
And I think that she takes a very fantastical story, which honestly is very different than anything he ever did before. Um, and, and just really makes it into a, a sweet little movie. And as with all of his work, it's hard to look back on it and look at it the same way now. But, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, looking at it just as the movie and, and keeping in mind that there's the work of these other people, particularly Mia Farrow, that went into this, I think it's a great Mia Farrow performance. And um, honestly, a very good supporting performance from Jeff Daniels as well. Daniels is one of my favorites, so. Oh, yeah. He can sneak into any race at any time. He's fantastic. I have a couple as well. Uh, There's one that I am still just flabbergasted at. I don't understand how Back to the Future is not nominated for Best Mm. Picture. That doesn't make any sense to me. This is now a classic in every sense of the word. It was the number one movie at the box office as well. And just great storytelling, great acting. I'm sure everyone has seen this movie. Is there something you would take so out? the fact that it didn't... Um, yes, Kiss of the Spider Woman. That has no business okay. being here. That just can curious. go in a heartbeat. Uh, but, you know, it did. It, Back to the Future does get some love in, like, the sound and the technical categories. But those, to me, are very obvious. I think... Back to the Future is just a great movie from mm-hmm. start to finish and deserves to be in the Best Picture race. My second one would be in the screenplay category, and it's for The Breakfast oh, Club. Oh, yeah. I think it is very sad that John Hughes does not break into any Oscar consideration for probably his most famous movie, The for Breakfast sure. Club. Um, and I think the script is usually what everyone comes away talking about, you know? And I mean, how many times has this been movie? Has this movie been remade and you know redone so, to death with teen movies since this came you out? Laid the so blueprint. I think it, it it has now. Yeah, exactly. You know, so th- this is now a classic in that sense as well. Um, another one I have is in the movie Witness for supporting mm-hmm. actress. I think Kelly McGillis should have snuck in playing the Amish woman that he ends up having an affair okay. with. Um, I think she's fantastic in that movie. And then my final one will come from The Color Purple. And I think we can kind of break off and discuss The Color Purple at length here now. I think it's a little ridiculous that we don't have Danny Glover in the supporting gonna, actor category for The Color Purple. When we started talking about the movie, I was, um, was going to say, you know, Danny Glover, who ends up being, you know, having the most, I mean, like, he is a bad guy for so much of the movie and he ends up being such a such a crux you know and has you know the i i I don't know if he's redeemable but he does something that he's on his way he's on his end you know like he's he's on on his his way way. and whoopi's character uh celia celia silly sorry celia oh why can i not speak um celia <laughs> um why is that a word I have problems saying? Like what is wrong with me? Um Seely. Um it doesn't sound right when I say it. What's wrong with me? Why can't I pronounce a simple no, name? That's right, you got okay. it. Okay. Seely. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um uh I think when she, you know, comes into her own at the end of the movie he he sees maybe women in general as three dimensional for the very first time, and and I think oh, that's sure. Oh, sure. 
his journey, and I think it's making a larger point about feminism um, in addition to whatever else is going on with the characters themselves and about how women, yeah. uh, men only improve from the empowerment of women. Um, the script and the source material uh, do so much work as to make these men who could be these one-dimensional bad guys, um, you know, you you understand why they are like they are. And you... Um, right. You know, it, it's not just cardboard cutouts. You get three-dimensionality. And you, you have what I think is an exploration of why people... Um, why people are who they are, you know? Um, right. And yeah. and being able to stay with the characters through so many years really helps that. Um, I I gotta tell Definitely. you, I was I something that kind of confused me a little bit. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that when Whoopi came into the movie, she she looked so young to me. Um, I was kind of surprised they cast a different actress to play the younger version of her, but not a different actress to play the younger version of her sister. Um, just sure. because. Oh, that's true. I, I didn't I think, think about that. To me, Whoopi looked young enough that I thought she could have pulled off the younger. She could have pulled them all um, off, yeah. Actually, I agree with you. I've never thought I mean, about the, that. The but girl... I think you're right. I think they easily... Um, the woman who uh, plays young mm-hmm. Seeley, and and she she's really great. I'm yeah. not disparaging her performance. I just thought it was an interesting choice. Um, sure. Especially since um, the same... Uh, person plays both young and old Nettie, you know. Um, True. So it's it's just yeah. interesting. But anyway, um, this is uh, there are there are so many strengths to this film. Um, I I don't know if it's a perfect movie because I think that there. Um, I I think and this may be where Steven Spielberg doesn't get that director nomination. I, I do think that there are a couple times he descends a little bit into slapstick. Um, uh, particularly, I'm thinking I'm thinking about okay. the the fight scene that happens in the bar, um, which is very overtly played for laughs. Um, yes, to me okay, that gotcha. feel that felt a little bit like it was in a different movie. Um, uh, okay. And and I don't know if that was just um, Steven Spielberg becoming comfortable with doing serious films, you know, serious films, um, right. that he still works a little bit of the more like childlike whimsy that he's known for. Um, um, so yes. there there were a couple of moments like that where I was like, yeah, that's I don't know if that was directed the way it should have been, um, but. Uh, because I, I I personally would have preferred that that as opposed to playing a fight scene for laugh that the like the other fight scene that happens whenever um, Sophia played by uh, Oprah Winfrey yes. um, confronts the uh, mayor and hits him the way that yes. the way that that Ugh. is played to where to where Tense. it's not a joke that she's hitting somebody you know and obviously in the oh, bar yeah. it was a much different situation and it does have a comic element mm-hmm. to it i'm just saying that the way it goes 
becomes a little slapsticky, and that's my my one major criticism. Um, but sure. other than that, um, the production, um, including the the love, including the the insert of the Universal backlot with the lovely sewing shop. Um, at towards the end of the movie, yes. which I um, I mentioned on yes. every tour, but now I've now I'm no longer a tour guide, and now I could actually speak more eloquently about that whenever I was whenever if I was a tour guide. But oh well, um, <laughs> um, I think that the the makeup, speaking about aging of the characters, is fantastic. Um, I. Oh yeah, when they put Oprah in that old age makeup, it looks well. So I mean, it's good. so effective too because you know she gets, you know, yes. wrongly sent to prison for eight years, and yes. um, and she comes out of that not only looking older but looking, you know, her something happened to her eye while she was in jail, weathered, um, yes, just, just unwell, and you know. you know she clearly just has so much weighing her down after she gets out of that um and you know towards the end you start to see a little bit more of the person we had gotten to know earlier in the movie but um but it's uh, uh it's it's such a great arc and it's so interesting because you know without this movie we don't i mean like Whoopi and Oprah you know who are such intrinsic parts of our culture they don't happen in the same way if they're not in this film, you know? Because Oprah's show Very starts true. the year after this movie is released um, and, and you know, changes daytime television. And um, then, you know, Whoopi becomes uh, a major motion picture star and it's going to be somebody we end up talking a lot about on the Oscars in the next decade or so. Molly. You in danger, girl. Um, and then she later becomes a huge talk show host on top of everything else. Um, you know, and their, so their voices have become so important to society as a whole. And um, it's it all happens. This is, this. I mean, stuff happened, obviously, that led them to this point. You know, Oprah had been a news anchor yes. prior to this. Um, Whoopi had been doing stand-up um and credits Mike Nichols actually with her um, career break because he's the one who yep. got her her show on Broadway, um, and uh, it's just like it's just so interesting to see them here and know that if I was in 1985, these are two people that no one in the mainstream culture really knew, and um, and yet right away they're um, absolute stars. And, you know, even though Oprah yeah. has never focused on, I mean, she's done other movies, obviously, but, you know, acting's never been her, her, her primary focus, because um, she is, uh, you know, I, I, she gets a lot of praise for what she did in daytime TV, but um, I, she's legitimately, if you ever see her interview somebody, she is a great journalist. She, she is, oh, yes. um, her interview with uh, the royal royal couple earlier this year, Meghan and and uh, Harry, was just a masterclass in uh, in how to interview a subject, and um, and that's just she she's the she's there's nothing else like her. But then 
seeing her in this movie when she is so different than the personality we know and we see her we mm-hmm. real i mean she's just she can do anything you know she's fantastic um and whoopi who's known for she being hilarious and had been known for being a stand-up comedian before this um and did a stand-up routine for her audition um for for steven spielberg she like did something about et being high um uh, <laughs> i love you that. know <laughs> is able to play so meek and uncertain and yes. she has to find herself and her voice um you know and then she you know we have this um you know steven spielberg said his regret about the movie was not g- leaning more into the lesbian overtones um but the way right. that Whoopi plays that is so honest and interesting um I mean, and I mean, Margaret Avery as as Suge is also does a great job as well. I should say. Um, I mean, the all the acting nominations are super deserved, and Danny Glover should also be included among them. That is the takeaway from from this movie. Um, that is. So here's okay. So here's what yeah. I want to ask you then. So in regards to all of our uh-huh. nominees here. For supporting actress, would you have given the Oscar to Oprah? Oh my life, I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Girl, child ain't safe in a family man's. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. Um, I mean, it's a tough question because I, I like Angelica Houston having an Oscar. I do. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Angelica Houston. Sure. I have, uh, I mean, and she's, it's, she's great in the movie. She's great in everything. Um, uh, probably other opportunities for her. Um, probably some coming from, nom- from not, not getting nominations and other things, you know? Right. Um, this was their chance. Yeah, I just, I want... Yeah, this is their chance to give her an Oscar, but I don't know. This is also the only chance to give Oprah an Oscar, and I think Oprah... Oprah just is that name to me where I'm like, she doesn't have an Oscar? What's wrong with that? She needs an Oscar. And this performance. I mean, she is I mean, Oprah so still has, freaking good Oprah in has this time. movie. I think I wouldn't be surprised oh, she for Oprah does. to pull a late performance. I mean, she almost got a nomination a few years ago when she did for The Butler. <laughs> for The Butler? Um which the butler was not a great movie by any means but um but she was the best part of that film <laughs> and she uh right well just like angelica houston is clearly the best part of preetzi's honor and that's where I think. it comes from oprah kind of and steals the show and i think you know at too. the time maybe they they didn't they weren't as aware of where oprah's career was going to go maybe we thought we were going to have oh, more definitely. of these nominations for like oprah was going to make more movies and then you know oprah didn't make another movie right. for a while and um i yeah. i mean she doesn't make another movie until um until beloved does she um, Yeah, quite some time yeah she uh but again like you said was not her primary focus yeah she you know? um yeah she it, she takes a break after i mean she concentrates on her talk show after this and then you know pr- she produces yep. beloved 13 years later um which is sure. uh, based on the novel by Toni Morrison, in case anyone's wondering. 
Um, and that one wasn't well received, and so nothing ended up coming out of that. And, you know, then she didn't make another movie for a while. And I, I think, you know, she just chose to go a different direction with her career. Um, and maybe part of it was mm-hmm. the opportunities didn't come because of racism, because of, you know, right Hollywood thinking you need to look a certain way. I don't know... Um, what happened but i mean obviously the opportunities ended up coming in for whoopee um and you know maybe that's it too uh, hollywood's notorious here we only have room for one you know right so speaking of whoopee i mean mm. quite the performance uh, i love this nomination uh, um whoopee would be my winner here whoopee would be my winner for leading actress everything you've done to me already done to you i think uh, i just geraldine page's win for trip to bountiful is a sweet little cherry on the top of her career but by no means is trip to bountiful an oscar-winning performance by no i wonder like how do we (laughs) and i how is this fixed you know like how what is it that she should have gotten an oscar for that would have fixed this that's the question Oh, man. I mean, that's a good question. Probably, you know, I'll probably have to look back and actually watch some of her earlier performances, because I'm sure she's amazing in the, you know, in some of her 60s movies. This just shouldn't Um, have happened. But, I don't know, this is, this is far and away Whoopi Goldberg's, you know, her nomination, uh, which should have been a win. It should have been a win. And I'm saying that even with Meryl Streep in the category who is great in Out of Africa, but also does not deserve to win you know, over Whoopi Goldberg. is just transcendent. I mean, it's, it's such a, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's one of the greatest movies of all time or not. Um, you know, if you're, you're going to break things down in a technical sense, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. But, but is it one of the best screen debuts? Oh, I was gonna say of all time. Before I get to Whoopi, um, I was gonna say it, it might is certainly one of the most important, um, and might be one of the most. Uh, it, it's like I think it's a great movie, in spite of any quibble that I might have. I think it's a great movie anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a movie that overcomes any limitation that it might have which I think is solely from the um, from the fact that, I mean, like, Steven Spielberg is great, but he's this is not his kind of material. Um, so. well, well, hold on. We should, we should talk about that for just a second here. So Steven Spielberg directing this movie. There were a lot of people who were angry that a white director was directing this story, this black narrative. Do you think that that might have hurt him in the academy's eyes saying this isn't your story to tell um i honestly don't see where the super white academy of 1986 you know would have cared because <laughs> i i don't because would have thought I, that they're, way they're they're they hadn't nominated a black actor uh, they had only nominated like what five four five black actors total for oscars at this point um, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, it was, 
five or six. But but the academy is super specific about their politics, and there were a lot of articles going around saying that this wasn't Steven Spielberg's movie to direct. How dare he? He took this away from a yeah. black filmmaker. You know, a lot of angry people, and I wonder if the Academy kind of picked up on that and said, ooh, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to, you know, push the envelope too far, so we shouldn't nominate Spielberg, but we'll give, you know, the cast a lot of nominations, because that's what this yeah, is for, it's, it's, you know? Yeah, it's really, um, it's a tough debate, I because I do think that the shortcomings in the movie that exist are are probably on him. I, I do think that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he even admits he wasn't willing to go there. You just talked uh-huh. about with the lesbian storylines. He was a little embarrassed, he talks about, where he's like, I just couldn't... That that wasn't for me to tell. And I wonder if that, you know, bleeds into other areas of this movie, too. You know, because think about it. They finally do give Spielberg his Oscar for a Holocaust film, which Wh- is yes, Spielberg's yes. Jewish heritage. And, you know, that is and his I, story I to tell. And I do think that that is something that is important when being equitable um, in film. You want the people whose story it is to tell the story, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, where the movie succeeds um, is in the fact that the, the crew beyond him was diverse. And the, um, you mm-hmm. know, the, the people around him... I, I think helped to direct him to direct uh, the grand majority of the movie um, in the way that it needed to be told, um, you know. And I think that yeah. the quibbles are very valid, um, and I think that the shortcomings in the film are his to own, um, you know. But it's also tough to deny that there isn't a lot uh, of good that he helped. You know exactly. His, it does succeed even despite all of that. It's a sheer, good movie. I mean, you know, the, the Steven Spielberg's skill as a director is that he understands what a movie needs to look like. You know what I'm saying? He knows, he knows how, how to tell, tell a story. A story he can from assemble start to a finish. film. Yes, he does. He's a master storyteller. That is, he is his skill. You know, and I think since this is kind of a. Yeah, and this, this up until now, The Color Purple kind of sticks out in his filmography of being like, whoa, that's kind of a left turn. But as we see from it here on sense. out, Spielberg grows up, and he wants to tell but those I think harder stories. Like, so we're going to see a know, lot more from him. Spielberg movies are often good in spite of themselves, you know? Because even oh, when... Yes. There's some kind of even touch when the, in them. Even when he doesn't get a great screenplay... You know, there's still something... He understands how to tell it in the most cinematic way possible. And um, and this movie yes. is full of just beautiful shots and, um, you know, uh, heavy sentimentality for certain. Um, and and oh, I, I wonder if a different director wouldn't have pulled back on some of the more epic feeling moments in the movie um you know and maybe mm-hmm. maybe that was what where some of the criticism is you know maybe it, it should have been smaller in some senses but um what ended up happening was uh you know a great about as great a movie as probably could have been made at this moment 
Um, and what we are lucky is we are going to get a musical version of this film that is adapted from this the stage musical, which uh, Whoopi was a producer on, um, and mm-hmm. that film adaptation of that is going to be directed by a black man um and is going to be a film uh, you know it'll be interesting to compare them obviously a musical is a completely different movie they will be separate works but it'll be interesting um it i think very very good that we get this story um from the perspective of somebody closer to the material i agree i'm very excited for that as well uh, okay, we should talk about the movie that did win Best Picture. However, we really we like the color purple. Yeah, talk a little bit about Out of Africa. <laughs> we should talk about Out Can of I, Africa. I'll talk about the thing. I- So out of Africa... Okay, you, you tell the plot, and then I'll tell you what I like. Okay, tell me... Okay, cool. So out of Africa is about a Danish woman who moves to Africa after uh, marrying uh, a baron. She becomes a baroness to run the coffee farm. And while there, she meets and falls in love with a man named Dennis, played by Robert Redford. And the movie details their romance and their love affair up until his death. That's That's the movie. And then she leaves Africa and she never returns. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, Rans. Tell me what you like about this movie. I think, and the the one Oscar win that I will definitely agree with, <laughs> is I think yes. John Barry's musical score is one of the greatest pieces of music ever written for film. It is it gorgeous, is breathtaking. breathtaking. It is beautiful. And the scene, yes, the best scene, in my opinion, in the movie, the memorable moment that comes out of it is, and it's because of his music that brings us home, is them flying around in the plane, um, looking over mm-hmm. the beauty of Africa, while holding hands. Yes, and and his music yes. against those you know gorgeous location shots are uh, it's breathtaking and you just said it, the location shots because i would say in addition to the score being absolutely miraculous the photography in this movie is breathtaking as well i made a comment on our 1975 episode that barry linden holds the spot in my opinion of being the most beautiful movie ever made i think out of africa does give barry linden a run for its money the photography in this movie is breathtaking. It it's is gorgeously will, filmed. It is. Stunning. I will and that's say, what kept me going. You know, for a two hour and forty minute movie, you kind of need to be enraptured by what you're looking at. And this movie is beautiful to just watch with the sound off. Actually, no, don't turn the sound off because you want that score too. It is a marriage of both that the score and the cinematography. And they work so well together accent. in this movie. And Meryl's accent, which is fucking perfect and it makes me so angry i had a farm in africa at the foot of the ngong hills it's just it's too perfect i had so good and then you have robert redford over here doing the least amount can i ask you a question 
What do you think of Robert Redford in this movie? I want you to be honest. Okay. Be honest. Multi-part. <laughs> First one, I love Robert Redford. I really love Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Second part. Absolutely. He, um, for a man over 50 in this film, he is gorgeous. Yes. Three, I do think he has chemistry with Meryl. Four. Okay. <laughs> I think he's pretty wooden in the film. <laughs> I think he's, yeah, he is horribly miscast. Horribly miscast. I don't miscast. really consider um, now, the I did read his fault. I just don't think he was the right fit for the character. No, no, no. And that's what I want to touch on. Yeah, I want to touch on that because actually I'd read something where Robert Redford had prepared all of his lines and learned them with a British accent because this is a British character. And when he got there, I guess maybe it wasn't good or Sidney just didn't like it and Sidney Pollack told him, no, cut the accent, just do your American accent. And I think that fucked with him. I think he then tried to revert back to just his own voice, but he had learned the lines in dialect, which it is very hard to relearn lines in once they are in way. your bones I, I with think, a dialect. Um, I yes. Think... So that's where I think that detached look comes from. It's yeah. him in his head trying to say these lines not in the I way he learned it would have been stronger with a British ac- actor. Um, and I think that... 100%. Um, I think it would have... I would have liked to have seen a different movie with Meryl Streep and Robert Redford um, made around this time um, as opposed to Line for Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we're, we're just going to yeah. skip over that and pretend it didn't happen. But, um, oh, but uh, yeah, that is... I, I think that is the... That and the length are the biggest weaknesses in the movie i think that the story yeah. I, I mean i realized they were pulling from multiple um sources uh works of yeah. karen blixen um yeah. to get it down to um to get it down to a, a movie because there were multiple memoirs yeah. to pull from but um right even with that i think the story could have been simpler um oh i was gonna say the cinematography is beautiful but i will say there's some like there's a few really odd um process shots um like blue screen Mm -hmm. or green screen like probably blue screen at the time um or rotoscoped i don't know um uh, and it's like there's there's I, i can't i don't know what the scene is i'm just seeing meryl streep you know with all the hoity toity white people um and uh and <laughs> yeah. she and and she clearly like shot she had to reshoot her close up in a studio and it's just like it's, uh, yes, yes, the pickup yeah, the shots, shots in this movie are oddly not as professional as most pickup shots are by this point in cinema they are they're, yeah, noticeable, they're noticeable and it bothers me um and it makes me that's fair it that's makes fair. me um yeah, just really glad it didn't win editing, or uh, no. But um, well, but even with that said, yes, the rest of the cinematography uh, is gorgeous, um, and uh, I really hope that you edit into this episode as many times as possible. 
Meryl Streep saying, I had a farm in Africa. I had a farm in Africa at the foot of the Ngong Hills. Um, <laughs> you know I will. Um, you know I will. <laughs> uh, I want to yeah. touch upon what you were talking about with the, the story, though, and how it, it is excessive. This movie so is much. too long. Point blank, so it is too much. long. And honestly, everyone I've talked to about this movie has said the same thing. They're like, this movie is very long. It is very long. Um, and I think it's because this movie feels like chapters of a book. They're very, like, small, complete thoughts spread throughout. And I think if you pull some of those out and get rid of them, there is a simpler That could have been a really here. great epic You know, film. one... Yes, that could have been, but, like... But it know, could have been, I think, it could have been a sweet, intimate... Um, love affair movie, kind of in the vein of a brief encounter or love affair. You know, I think we could have gotten something more like that with captivating cinematography, like a summertime. Basically, I think David Lean should have directed this I, movie. Yeah, this this <laughs> does have I'm a saying. very David Lean feel, and it's it's it really does. This is Sidney Pollack you know, doing and it's David funny Lean because I I really like Sidney Pollack. You know, we I know we're both. We're both fans of um, They Shoot Horses, Don't They, which is one of the, gr- I think, one of the great um, Depression-era stories of all time. Oh, yes. You know, obviously, you talked about Tootsie. And Tootsie, um, just a few years ago. You know, uh, the way we were is problematic, but I do I do like it. Um, I, I'd say it's not problematic sure. in the sense of there's something wrong with it um, in, problematically. I'm saying that the movie is disjointed, and it is not as good as it could yes. be. Um, and that is a movie where Robert Redford yeah. is really well cast, might I say. <laughs> um, playing, playing an American. American. And and he also has fire <laughs> chemistry with Barbara Streisand. So clearly Karen Blixen was a very talented writer because a lot of the stuff they pull from her material, particularly the narrated portions from Meryl Streep, uh, have some just absolutely gorgeous lines of dialogue, including one of my favorite lines of all time which this used to be on uh the poster that's in the queue line for the universal tour i don't know if it's still there or not um but but it um changed the line perhaps he did perhaps he knew as i did not that the world was made round so we would not see too far down the road like i love i love stuff like that uh, it's that, such a good line. Oh, it's a good line. So there's all these parts and pieces of Out of Africa that are really beautiful, um, and they just don't, yes. uh, for me, come together to make a great film. Um, particularly when... That's true. And you know what? Maybe it is an editing problem. Like, maybe it is an editing problem, you know? Where it was nominated, did not win film editing, but I don't know. I guess to me, it's still more of a marriage of a of a writing issue. There's too, many too much, There's too many scenes, um, <laughs> too many perhaps, notes. Perhaps different <laughs> casting for the lead, or at least maybe not being told from the start not to do the accent. Or true, you know who is fire though? Yeah. the man who plays her husband, the Baron, in the movie. Um, I'm gonna get his name right. It is. Claus Maria Brandmuir. Brandmauer. Brandmuir. I'm sure I'm murdering that name. I'm so sorry. So. Um, 
He's yeah. great in it. He was nominated, and I think that's kind of fantastic. I actually think he's really, really good in that movie. He's kind of slimy, kind of an asshole. But in the end, you see his heart. And it's it's funny because Meryl is Karen Blixen. She has all these, you know, as you just said, these voiceovers where she's yeah. kind of ripping him to pieces. She hates this guy. But there is an understanding between the two. And in the end, they're... They're kind of all that's left for each other, and I think there's something kind of beautiful in that, where they they let each other go with grace in the end, even though there's so much antagonism throughout the, you know, eighty percent of the movie. That by the end they're kind of just like, huh, you know what? We don't have yeah. to be. Enemies, Although, <laughs> you know, so I think their relationship is actually say, really I fun really do development. Like Don Amici, and I'm glad he won <laughs> Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, Don Amici and Cocoon. I mean, Cocoon's just so sweet. You can't not watch and Cocoon. Don Amici and just had go, such a long. <laughs> he had such a long career. I love, I love it. And um, it, he's fabulous. I mean, he won an Oscar for breakdancing. But let's I be mean, honest. how old but, was he when he was breakdancing? Damn, that breakdancing. I mean, you know, he was he was I mean, um, born in 1908. <laughs> so when he he was breakdancing in his 70s, you know, come on now. Um, I love that. I but, love uh, that. But anyway. Um, out of Africa, clearly got swept. It's it swept up in some Academy love, and it is not lost on me that the movie about white people in Africa lost the movie about the plight of African Americans in America. God, listen, and there is a very cringy moment oh, in yeah. Out of Africa that I yeah. oh my god, I just wanted to curl up and die. It's where she's fighting for her, her the natives on her land who work for her, who work the farm for her. She's fighting for them to keep their land. So this, this is good. Everything is good. But the way it's written and the way it's it's presented is just so like, oh, God, this is just not the way to do it. So she goes to, what is he, like the governor or something of where she's living? And she, try, she basically begs on her knees for him to give her the land to give to her natives to. Um, live there when she leaves and he's basically like nah, 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 nah. but then it's his wife stands up and says oh I'll make sure he does and there's just something about that where I'm like this is gross because who gives a shit like she would never say that it's it just white seems so contrived you know what I mean it's white did you have that feeling too yes. during this scene yeah. white saviorism yeah. thank this you is... that's exactly what that is um, and it just no. looks nasty no, it, it does not play and, well and um you know, and I think that's the problem with this movie is it's trying to be too much. There's a white savior complex. There's a feminist complex. There's this romantic um, affair complex to it. Crisis. You know, there's just too many it's things that Meryl's crisis. trying to do. And if not for there really is, if not for the strength sure, of this the movie has an cinematography crisis. and her and her performance, where the, where would this movie have been considered? You know, um, definitely. She, does. she really does yeah, kind of hold does. this movie together. But, Good for Meryl. But when push comes to shove, the <laughs> really winner does. should have been the color purple. And Whoopi should have won purple. Best Actress. The wh- yes, okay, let's sure. let's go through this here. She should have won Best Actress, 100%. But, okay, so here's a bigger question for you then. Who do you think should have won Best Director? Because I don't think it should have been Spielberg. I'll be honest, I don't think he should have won for Color Purple. I definitely yeah, don't Sydney, think it should have been Sidney Pollack. Pollack should have an Oscar, <laughs> but not for this movie. Who do you think should have won? Um, I don't. Oh, you know who it should be. I just saw that other nominee, Akira yes. Kurosawa for yes. Ran, obviously. Which is another. <laughs> I just saw that. Like, I don't know why it's not in the before. best <laughs> category, but 
of course, at this point in time... Yes. I mean, if we didn't give you know, him one for Rashomon, at this point we should have given him one for uh, Rand. There, I mean, come it on. It was very rare for a foreign language film to sneak into the uh, Best Picture category, you know. But it wasn't nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. So... Yes. Isn't it... I... I I don't understand why it's Isn't not. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Anyway, I think that's um, weird too. I can't I can't make sense of don't anything know. they do. But Couldn't tell um, you. well, anyway, um, yeah. So out of Africa, not our best picture winner. Um, not terrible. Would you recommend um, out of Africa? The score almost alone makes it worth the watch. The score and the cinematography. Um, and Meryl Streep's accent. I had a farm in Africa. Yeah, kind of. Um, right? I agree. I, I <laughs> think beautiful. if you, I think if I, I think it's something to half watch. <laughs> Those three elements. While you're doing laundry. Ooh, true. Just well, if you keep catch it on, it on the TCM, background, you'll see a few yeah, things. You'll see a few backgrounds. pretty things and hear a few pretty things, but you don't need. You you just need to know that Meryl Streep is married to one guy, and and she and then she's with Get Robert Redford, and, and she she really guy. wants to be with Robert Redford, but <laughs> Robert Redford's a nomad who can't stay in one place. It's just like, bing dong. You got everything bing you need to know. Dong. Just keep that in mind anytime you look up, and he's like washing her hair or something. You know, like <laughs> oh, oh god, um, <laughs> that scene. <laughs> I know. Oh man. What a funny I movie. A what a Africa. peculiar little movie. Okay, but we agree. Yes. <laughs> Color Purple. That is, that is our Best Picture winner of 1985. So let's now look to next week and what we're going to talk about. The 1986 Best Picture winner is Oliver Stone's Platoon. I haven't seen it the first time. Have you seen Platoon? I feel like you have. Ooh, okay. This will be good. Lots, of, first one lots for of big Rams. things. It's going to be a good year to talk about. So, folks, join us again next week. We'll talk about 1986 and Platoon.